Lord, help us to become more aware of your presence. Lord, we be aware of your presence in us and around us. Lord, if we could come to you. Lord, we could come to you. We could bring our burdens to you. And Lord, you're there to meet us. And Lord, you're there to minister to our hearts. Lord, to give us your peace, your joy, your hope. Lord, to give us hope. Hope in the midst of what seems sometimes to be a hopeless situation. Lord, you're a living hope. You're a living hope. And you're ready to bring that hope to us. Lord, help us to be aware of your presence. To hear your voice. To hear when you speak. To hear your word. To hear what you say to us. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We've been sharing about walking by faith, and today I just want to think a little bit, and I want this to be positive, but it's to talk about hindrances to our faith. You know, there's things around us, things in life that can hinder our faith. I want to share a story from the Old Testament. Children of Israel had uh, come out of Egypt. God delivered them. They'd seen miracles. They saw a sea parted. Um, He provided for them their everyday needs. They had seen all kinds of miracles, and they get to the promised land. And in, in Numbers, the 13th chapter, beginning at the 17th verse, it says, Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Cana. And he said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of, good cur- be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So as they get to the edge of the promised land, Moses says, let's send some guys in and let's have them take a look. Let's see what it is. You know, is there, what are the people like? Are they strong? What are their cities like? Are they camps or are they strongholds? What are we going to go up against? And then see what the land's like. Is it good? What kind of fruit does it have? What's it going to produce? You know, what's, what's it going to be like? So, in verse 27 then, it says, Then they told him, and they said, We went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. They brought back some grapes. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Enoch there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. So they said, wow, yeah, we went. The land's really good. It looks great. But the cities are fortified. They got walls. You know, it's going to be a fortress. And the people there are very big, big, strong people. So here they are. Verse 30, Caleb, he quiets the people before Moses. Let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. So Caleb, one of of the ones that went, says, hey, let's go. We can do this. He says, let's go. Let's go take the land. Caleb spoke faith. Caleb spoke faith. Let's go take the land. 
But in verse chapter 14, verse 1, it says, So all the congregation, they lift up their voices and they cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. You know, we'd have been better off just stayed back there and died. Or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's select a leader and return to Egypt. So the people said, whoa, they didn't listen. They didn't listen to Caleb. But the people started to think, wow, we're in trouble. Let's let's just let's just go back. Let's matter of fact, let's get another leader. Let's get somebody to do what we want. Somebody that'll take us where we want to go. And so down in verse six, then, as they contemplate all these all these moves and all this uh, what to do. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and they said, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then we will bring, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle meeting before all the children of Israel. So Caleb and now Caleb and Joshua both say, let's go take the land. Let's go. And the people said, no, no. And they took up stones to stone them. You know, they didn't like they didn't like the word that was coming forth. The word of faith, they want, let's stone them. And I believe at that point, God intervened. Because it says, it says, then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle. And so God intervened, or they probably would have done what they were planning to do. But God intervened. And Moses then intercedes for the people. And Moses intercedes for, Lord, you know, don't take it out on the people. And then in verse 20, it's just the first 20. The Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. He says, according to your most intercede for the people. And he says, I have pardoned according to your word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory in the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But, Moses, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, he's followed me fully. I will bring him into the land which he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. So what happens? So because of all this and because of the people's activity, God says, well, he says, the people aren't going to go into the land. He says, Caleb's going to go, and Joshua went, because they adhered by faith to what God had said to them. But the people, because they did not follow what God had said, they did not inherit the promised land. I believe when there's things in life that we struggle with and things we deal with and things we come to, to battle through, 
I believe it's a matter of either we, by faith, fight the battle, or a lot of times we just don't see what God has for us. You know, we just, we just don't see it. And what are the things that hinder us? What are the things in life that hinder us from having faith? That keep us from getting all that God has for us? I believe one of the big ones is a fear. Fear. We're afraid. What were the people? They were afraid. They said, well, yeah, we went into the land and it's great, but, oh, the people are so big and they live in fortified cities. I don't, you know, we're all going to die. And that fear kept them from entering the promised land. That fear kept them from receiving what God had for them. Sometimes it's a fear of what we might face. Sometimes it's a fear of failure. It's a fear of failure. What if I fail? How am I going to look? What will people think? What will people think? A lot of times I think that plays into it, you know. What will people think if I step out and believe God? What are my friends going to say? What are my friends going to say? And I believe that fear keeps us from receiving. Sometimes we get fear because we look at our circumstances. You know, it was a fact that people who lived in fortified cities. That wasn't a lie. They were fortified cities. And it was a fact there was giants in there. They were big people. Well, those weren't lies. Those were real circumstances. The problem was the people focused on the circumstances and what they saw, and they didn't focus on what God had said. And that'll, that'll get you every time. You know, if you focus on what makes sense to you sometimes, you know, wow, it doesn't make sense to do that. You know, common sense would tell you maybe not to do that. I don't see how God can. And if we think like that, that will cause us to have fear for doing the right thing. To have fear. What it is the Lord wants me to do. And that fear will cause us to not receive what God has for us. Another thing that interferes with faith is listening to bad information. Other people's opinions. Oh, I know somebody had the same problem you did. They died. <laughs> you know, oh my, you know, that's encouraging. That builds faith, you know. And, you know, and people maybe not go that far, but they'll, you know, what are you thinking? Now, you know, I can do stupid stuff and think it's faith and it just ends up being stupid. You know, I'm not just saying just because you decide to do something, it's all faith. But when you do something, believing and trusting God's word, then it's faith. And people will have opinions about that. You know, when you... um Pam shared that Isabella and all of her things she went through just recently. She had a problem, and the doctor said, we have two choices. We can do nothing, and we can let her die. Now, this is just information. This isn't necessarily, it depends what you do with it, okay? The doctors give us information to the best of their knowledge, and that's fine. But the doctor said, we can give you nothing, and you're going to die, or we can give you a shot that's never been given to a child in the history of medicine, and you could die. Wow. What did I hear? What do I believe? 
What kind of decision do you make at those times? By faith, by faith, you make a decision. You make a decision based on trusting God. And Lord, what, what do you want us to do? You know, but I'll tell you, when you go through stuff, there's all kinds of opinions around you. There's all kinds of information. And we have lots of it. Of course, this nowadays we have tremendous information around us, you know, TV, you know. Everybody's all stirred up. And, I, you know, it's a, it's a big problem, I guess, the coronavirus. You know, people are panicking all over. Now they're saying, well, actually, in reality, less people die from that than the flu. So what did, what did I do? I just got all stirred up over something that's not as bad as the flu. Now, it's bad. I'm not saying people are dying. People are dying all the time. You know, and so as Christians, do I listen to all this information and get all stirred up and affect my faith? Or do I listen to what God says and trust him? Now, it's not I'm not saying these people are lying, you know, but isn't it interesting to me how they magnify the problem? And I I also heard that all of a sudden the World Health Organization says we may declare this some kind of a world crisis and. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and it's not as bad as the flu. You know? But isn't that interesting? You know? Isn't that interesting? So we got to be careful who we listen to. Got to be careful who we listen to. And we got to discern when people tell us something. Is this what God wants me to do, or is this information that is going to hinder my faith? Another hindrance is forgetting about what God's done in the past. You know, here, the children of Israel, it's, it's, you know, we think, wow, how could you go across the Red Sea, parted, walk on dry land, then the enemies drowned in it, and then you get into the promised land, God provides food for you, your shoes don't wear out, and all of a sudden they get to the promised land, and they say, oh, no, it's bad. Wow, isn't that amazing? Well, we would never do that. But how many times has God done things and then down the road we forget all about it? We forget all about it. We forget what he's done. I believe that's a lot of what we do to encourage one another. I believe that's why fellowship is so important with Christians because we can remind one another of what God has done. We can remember what he's done, what he's done in the past. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change doesn't change and so we need to remember we need to remember what he's done thank him for what he's done but remember that he's not you know i have a, i have a personal problem sometimes i can almost think that god's done so many things he must be tired so many good things he must be to the i must be to the end you know somehow somehow the lord is blessed and somehow well i i almost feel like well wow lord can i come to you one more time well, the answer is yes. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can come one more time. It's okay. We can ask him. Another thing that hinders our faith is when we fail to see circumstances from God's perspective. You know, there's all kinds of negative things around us. All kinds of stuff. And, and, and the world wants to tell you about all of it. I mean, you know, you know, we kind of joke about it, but, you know, the news is full of negativity. That's what sells. That's what people want to hear. 
We, we almost like bad news. We say, oh, no, we don't. Well, then if we didn't, why do they keep putting it out there? If we didn't like bad news, they wouldn't put it out there. You know? And so we have to be very careful that, that we fail to see things from God's perspective. What is God doing? Lord, how do you see this situation? How do you see what's, what's out there? How do you see it? Help me to see it the way you see it. I think that's, that's really a, a perspective sometimes that's, that's maybe a little hard to get to, that we can see things the way God sees them. In Isaiah, Isaiah the 55th chapter, beginning at the 8th verse, He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. If God's thoughts and his ways are higher than ours, why don't we try to seek him? Why don't we try to attain to hearing what he has to say since he's got the higher way and he's above all this stuff that we deal with? Lord, What are you doing? What do you want me to do? Lord, help me to trust you. Help me to look to you. You know, I think, I think, you know, with the elections coming up, man, you know, if you're all nervous and fired up and frustrated and scared, then you need to get God's thoughts. You know, we need to, Lord, how do you see this? How do you see this? What do you want us to do? How should I vote? Give me wisdom. Give me your wisdom. What's, what's happening? Lord, help me to know. Otherwise, I look at it and listen, and everybody says, oh, we're down the tubes, and, you know, both parties say if the other party gets elected, it's the end of the world and all kinds of stuff. Lord, what are you doing? What are you do- Lord, help me to see it. Help me to know your thoughts. Help me to know your ways, because they're higher than what I'm dealing with. They're above what I'm going through. In uh, Proverbs, Proverbs, the third chapter, beginning at the fifth verse. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on what you see. You can't always trust what you see and what's going on. You can't always trust the circumstances. Lord, help me to know what's going on. Help me to know your ways. Otherwise, I'm going to have a hard time walking by faith because all I see is problems. All I see is problems. That's all I, that's all I can see around me is problems. But Lord, you see it differently. You see it differently. You know, the Bible says, and I, I'm not, you know, this is a possibility that you know, and everybody say, well, he is coming back, and I know he's coming back. And I don't know how soon. Sometimes it looks soon, you know. But soon to God is not as soon as I think. You know, just remember, a day is, is a thousand years to him. So if I think he's coming back tomorrow, that could be a thousand years from now. But anyway, but the signs, you know, things are stirring. So, you know, well, Lord, if that's what's happening, if things are just stirred up because you're coming back, 
You said that was going to happen. Why should I get upset? Because what you said is going to happen is happening. You know? And if he's not coming back right away, he's in charge. He's in charge, and we can trust him. We can trust him. So we focus on his word, what he has to say. I say it a lot. I say it over and over. You've got to get his word inside of you. Otherwise, you're going to fill it full of circumstances and opinions. That's what you're going to fill it with. You've got to get his word inside of you. You've got to focus on his ability. His ability. He can do all things. I can do all things because of him being in me. His ability. And then I need to seek him. I need to seek him. I need to focus on him, not focus on the problem. How many times do we focus on the problem? I'm not saying ignore the problem, pretend it's not there and it'll go away. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, why do we focus on the problem instead of focusing on him? Because he's the answer. He's bigger than my problem. He's bigger than my problem and what I'm struggling with. So I look to him. I trust him. And if I don't, this is going to hinder. This is going to hinder what I'm, what I'm going through and me receiving from him. Me receiving from him. We need to learn more and more to walk by faith. Walk by faith every day. Every day, our everyday life, we walk by faith. Not by sight. Not by what I see around me. Not that it's not there. But I walk by faith in trusting him. My faith in God. What he can do. What he's done in the past. Why do we share testimonies? We share testimonies to tell us what has God done? What has God done? And it helps us to believe and to know what he wants to do. What he wants to do. So we can look to him and trust him. So as we walk by faith, I just encourage you, be aware of your, the hindrances. Be aware of the things that hinder you from having faith. You know, sometimes, well, if you don't know his word, then learn, study, read his word. Receive his word. Get it inside of you. Get it inside of you so when things come, his word comes out of us instead of the problem. You know? And God's word becomes more true than our circumstances. You know, that, those, are, those are important things. Because we're all going to face things. We've all faced things. We're going to face more things where we walk by faith. Walk by faith and trust him. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that greater is he than us than he that's in the world. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Lord, that we can look to you and trust you and walk by faith. Lord, help us to do the things on our part, do the things that will build faith. Lord, help us to be able to, to see things the way you see them, to have your perspective on what we're going through. Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you for your presence with us. Lord, as we go forth, Help us to walk by faith and trust you. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.